0: Am I better than everyone?
1: Oh no! Our table! is broken! TikTok is the talk of the town. It got more visits than Google in 2021 and you just heard some of the unique sounds and music that drive content and views on the app. Welcome to the special five-part series, Deconstructing TikTok for B2B. I'm Morgan Smith, I'm your host, and we're gonna be diving in with B2B TikTok experts, the content creators and brand managers who are experimenting every day, learning what makes the platform tick. Now, on to today's episode. Today, I am joined by TikTok talk sensation himself, Will Aitken, who's also the head sales evangelist at SalesFeed. Will, thank you for coming on the show. I'm so excited to have you.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Morgan. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I
1: I feel like I followed your content, not just on LinkedIn, but also on TikTok for quite some time. And I wanted to get you on to discuss... The whole TikTok ecosystem, honestly, and break yeah. it down, especially for a B2B audience. Uh, I feel like it's um, it's the upstart platform. And in 2021, I'd love to hear your perspective on it. I felt like it really matured uh, from <laughs> what's, what's the old say, the dancing teens, right? Mm-hmm. That's sort of the public yeah. image of TikTok into something a lot more mature. So where do you just to get started, like where do you see TikTok today? How do you understand its maturity as a platform? And um, like, yeah, where does it sit in the ecosystem
0: of social media? Yeah, Uh, big question up front, I love it. Um, So my my take on TikTok is, yes, originally I had that same perception of it. And in fact, I even had TikTok when my my baby was first born in, in 2020, around March, when everyone started getting on TikTok because we were stuck inside. Um, and I had it for a little bit, and then I actually deleted it because I found it too addictive. Um, and I was getting nothing done except for watching TikTok day. <laughs> <laughs> I would have never imagined someone actually turned to Craig on that. Um, but when I did start Craig on that, I realized that it's not just... Sure, if you download TikTok right now and it doesn't know what you want, it will just start feeding you that same stuff. And that's what everyone's first uh, perception of it is. As you start to engage with more content that's to do with your interests, like, for example... B2B sales, which is the niche that I created, it's starts to learn that that's the kind of content you like. So there's these like small sub communities, some big, some small that are growing and you can actually start doing really targeted videos and the reach is just next level. And I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that you can do very niche B2B marketing sales content on that and it gets engaged with and the reason for that is you've got to make sure you've targeted properly, and that's the main thing. Because otherwise you will end up making a video about marketing and a bunch of 14-year-olds are watching and be like, what's this? So it's, you've got to be smart <laughs> the way you create the content and that's then gonna give you the unique views of which there are many to be had uh, because the reach is just insane.
1: And this is all organic reach, just to clarify. Yes. You're, you're not paying for, for reach, uh, generally.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so since I started, I've, got, I've, I've accumulated t- 32,000 followers on my personal account. And in around half the time, I've also accumulated about the same amount of sales speed, um, sales speed scale. And I've never paid for a single ad on TikTok. That's unreal.
1: And would you say that those 32,000 followers sit in a general sense of people that you would want to sell to or engage with or people who you want to like have in your sphere?
0: Yeah, um, my, my personal ones are a little bit different because I've I've never been that intentful with it. I'm not a business owner of any kind. Um, I'm just a, a wannabe sales influencer in, in, in all sorts. <laughs> so I didn't ever create on TikTok with the idea that there was going to be any ROI from it. I just created on there because I really enjoyed making, creating creative and informative videos. And it feels good to help people as well. Um, some people who have watched my videos have taken my sales tips and applied that to their careers and sent me messages afterwards be like, Will, you'd help me hit. President's Club this year. Thank you so much. And that feels great, right? Oh, yeah. Sales speed might not work me well as a business. Obviously, we do have a target audience for that. And that is B2B salespeople. So we have been really targeting in that. And I would say, yes, I'm very confident that the 30, probably, let's say 20,000 those 30,000 people are exactly our ICP, the people we want really following us um, in the long run that will bring us value at some point.
1: That's so interesting. And what it sounds like, and I've, I've gotten some intuition around this just by using the app enough and like scrolling through my For You page and seeing when I like or stay on a video or scroll through the comments, I start to get fed more of that same content. But basically, and I obviously want your um, approach on this, it's the algorithm itself is the differentiator on the platform. Whereas on Instagram, the sense I get on reels is it's not as good of an algorithm and it's not the same way TikTok feeds information. And so yeah. if you're creating the right sorts of content, the algorithm is going to naturally or more or less naturally feed that content to the kinds of people who are interested in that based on their engagement history.
0: Yeah. Okay. And the, the the one challenge for that and the caveat there is you as long as someone's done it before, uh, because if you go to ha- like, I remember when I first died, uh, there weren't that many people creating sales content on TikTok. So I went to hashtag and I put hashtag B2B sales and there was like a thousand views. Mm. And I was like, what?
1: <laughs> but now if you go there, and
0: put hashtag B2B sales. There's like six million views because myself and Liz Creative own that hashtag. So sometimes you were teaching the algorithm and then sometimes you're chasing it. Um, depending on how niche you really want to go with your content. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Whereas yeah. my experience with Reels so far, it kind of goes, TikTok's got a very smart algorithm that I can kind of understand and it's quite predictable now. For When I post a video, I know it's going to do well. I could almost guess how many views and likes it's going to get. Uh, Reels, my experience with it, I haven't personally created on Reels, but we've been using sales feed on Reels and applying a lot of the learnings from Instagram or from TikTok to Reels. And we've found that it's a lot less predictable. The hashtags are a lot less mature. And there's a lot of people who get shown it who don't really get it which is a bad sign because that means they won't engage with it. And therefore, the algorithm assumes it's bad content and therefore watch joke to more people. And the worst one of the bunch is YouTube <laughs> Shorts, which I'm still trying to really understand because that is just another... I don't know what they're doing with that. I think it just feeds to everyone at this point because, um, yeah, it's uh, it's very confusing at that one. So I'm still trying to wrap my head around that. So... Only ask me questions about TikTok. Um, oh,
1: okay, I can I, <laughs> I can keep to that promise. Um, it, it, that's really interesting. Just to ask some functional questions before we get into the content side and the creative side, which is actually where I find the magic on TikTok. You talked about hashtags. So let's say I'm a business and mm-hmm. I want to use TikTok to... Um, I don't know. Market my software product to other people who might also be on the platform. And generally speaking, it's a demand generation play. There's not like a, a specific call to action that you have. Yeah. What? How important it, are hashtags in like boosting reach? Especially if you're a new account. Like, what's sort of the trajectory to start to get a, a foothold
0: on the platform? Yeah. Starting oh. off is the probably most important time and what I've seen a lot of B2B brands do is mess that up. So like if you're gonna listen to one part of this podcast, go on TikTok, apply this part right here. If you just create and use one or two hashtags, then you're not giving the algorithm enough direction to tell if you're making really good content for a very specific group of people, if you don't give it the direction and tell it who to show that content to, then it will get seen by a bunch of 14 year olds who might not understand the nuances of HR technology, for example, if that's your niche, <laughs> they're gonna be like, ah, what's that? They're gonna keep ah. scrolling and then TikTok's gonna go, okay, we showed this video to 300 people. One person liked it, this is bad content. Whereas if it showed it to 300 HR practitioners and and 200 of them liked it, it's gonna show it to more of them, right? And this, this is the problem, if you do that consistently, you lose trust with that algorithm. As soon as you start, if you post five bad posts in a row that just don't get engagement, then TikTok doesn't trust you anymore and won't show your video to as many people. So very from the very beginning, you've got to be very careful of how you target your videos, how niche you make them even. Um, Because sometimes it's best to go broad and then kind of narrow in once you figure that out. Um, But I'll I'll give you an example. My first video has got no views because they were super long. They weren't edited very well. I put like one hashtag hashtag sales on it. And the problem is, if you look at hashtag sales, the most important thing you can do is actually go research the best hashtags to use. Because if I looked into hashtag sales, you will see that 90% 90% of the videos that use hashtag sales are car salespeople or realtors. So of course my B2B sales tips didn't land with those folks when they got shown my video because so a car salesman doesn't need to know how to multi-thread a deal. Right. Um, <laughs> so, so, so like, it, of, of course it wasn't getting engaged with much. And you have to of like win back trust once you get in that hole. Whereas sales feed, when I create the account, I kind of knew a little bit about what I was doing. The first video we posted got 400,000 views and was a, a B2B objection handling video. Um, Because I put hashtag B2B sales, hashtag objection handling, hashtag um, sales office, uh, hashtag SDR life. uh, Because I I knew those hashtags were the ones that I really wanted to, the people we wanted to get in front of.
1: So in terms of like thinking through thresholds on the number of views, because in case anybody who's listening to this is... Like, what, what, what is Will talking about? When you pull up the app, you can search a hashtag and you can see how many views that hashtag has in some. And there's hashtags with billions and billions of views and there's some with, I don't know, a couple thousand. So how do you, you talked about both teaching the algorithm but also maybe hopping on the bandwagon and other ways. So how do you think through balancing that, especially when you're early on? Like, do you try and hop on the larger hashtags as long as they're relevant? Um, by doing some research or do you try and focus on some specific ones that you can continue to hammer consistently
0: Yeah um, so there's doing the same what I've found is doing the same hashtags over and over again generally was it was stuck slow down you always want to try and find new people to reach and which is why it's good to always be using new hashtags and sometimes as well what I've done is actually created new ones for myself like sales problems wasn't one. But I thought, okay, well, I'll just start using this. And that way, in the future, when I want to create a video about a relatable sales problem, I can jump back and use that. And now that one's actually got a bunch of almost a, over a million views from just the content I've used on that. So now when I make another similar video to that in the past, I'll use that again. Um, but um, it is about searching to see if there's any content like the stuff that you're putting out there that's already been created that has performed well. Those are the three main things. Um, I was just talking to Will Allred from Lavender, for example. Yep. Uh, and he was saying, I want to post email tips for salespeople. I'm like, okay, well, you want to be using a mix of specific ones and a mix of broad ones, like hashtag sales tips, good one, because that's going to be one. But then if you look into it, some other ones that have been used are email prospecting, cold emails, and sales emails. And those three are specific enough that if the content he's going to make, which is get rid of like all that fluff at the start of your remote says, Hope you've been well, that's yep. gonna mean that lands now. Um, as long as the video is good as well. Uh, which of I course think we'll talk
1: about in a sec. So on you had said perform well. So what's your threshold for a video performing well on TikTok? Like and I don't mean sorry, I should clarify, not necessarily on your personal account. Because okay. that's a whole other conversation. But when you're do when you're in this research phase and you're looking at hashtags, like obviously you need the content to be relevant. You want it to obviously have videos in that bucket of hashtags that are potentially speaking to the audience that you want to speak yeah. to. But then you had said you also want to make sure that they're performing well. So what's that sort of intuition you have around a video performing well?
0: It's always changing. It'll probably be different if you ask this question in six <laughs> months as well because a good video to me uh, when I started was something with over a thousand views because my average video was getting around 300 views, which is not very good for TikTok. It's like, that means you're probably in bad standing with a with the algorithm at that point. Um, and that's how I was for a little while. And then I, my, my, now my personal channel, I get consistently, I'd say, 2,000 views for every video we post. And then on sales feed, I get consistently 5,000 views for every video we post. Only because the content is of a higher caliber, I take less risks, and it's consistently high performing content. So we get more we get shown to more people with that, essentially, But if I want to if I want to research a hashtag, I'm looking for stuff that's got over at least 50,000 views at this point. Um, but in the grand scheme of TikTok, that's not that many, because you're right, there are still teenagers doing dances and getting <laughs> billions of views, like crazy numbers, whereas my top video of all time, I think had 2.1 million views. I've had a handful of those probably half dozen on my personal and probably two on, on sales feed so far. Um, but when it when it goes off, it goes off. Uh, and that feels like a lot to me, but when you look at the potential, of the fact that there are videos out there that have a 100, um, like literally 5 billion views to be shown to everyone on the platform, people all around the world. But uh, that girl uh, who's really well-known, Bella Porch, for example, like that doesn't even compare. But of course, we're talking about B2B here, which mm-hmm. is going to lag behind that, 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 that lead. And I think the views of those 1 million who get a sales joke, are a lot more valuable to me than if I made a joke about more broad humor, like office humor, which is going to apply to any department in a B two B company. Uh, right. So yeah, the more okay. you should get, the less views you should expect.
1: That's that's interesting, and it's yeah. So it's all relative, is what it sounds like. Like yeah, obviously there's a, a there's a certain dance almost between having a low performing video or consistent low performing videos, and then having decently performing videos, and that's a good target to have. But from a research, you you sort of are looking for validation that if I went after this direction, like if I use these hashtags, there's a possibility that a, a well-created video would, would get some reach and would either match or exceed my average. Yes, exactly. Okay.
0: Uh, and it's just, I find if I found that hashtag and I watched the content and I'm like, the same people who enjoyed this content I think would enjoy my content and that content that I've found by someone else has done well, Then I'll use the hashtag, and therefore hopefully get those people who enjoyed that content to also like mine.
1: Totally. Okay, so let's dive into actually creating videos. The most fun part. (laughs) The reason the platform exists. uh, And how it all works. So uh, there's lots of different approaches, obviously, to this, and I know you have your own. So how do you think about... Like, you've done your research. Now, now you know, okay, we've got the hashtags. We know that there's an audience here. We want to go after these people. We want to get them aware of stuff. What sorts of content do you think or do you see performs really well? How, how do you, like, how do you break down that approach? Is it the funny stuff? Is it the, enter- like, edutainment? I hate that uh, word combined, but it gets used enough that yeah. I think people know what it is. Like, yeah. how do you think through the thematic categories of creating content?
0: Yeah. So when I think about creating content, I, I don't like to just do one or the other. I think being a, a humor brand exclusively is a bit of a sellout and you're not gonna get much there's no you're not giving that much value over the cheap love to your audience, but I do think there's a place for it to build an audience as well. Because those videos do really, really well, which make something funny and relatable. Um, but then mixing in with providing value to the audience, that's the reason why people will keep coming back and actually hit the follow button you give someone a cheap laugh, that they're not going to follow you. If you teach someone so, they're more likely to follow you. Um, so mixing between the two, I'd say almost 50 50 is my goal with both sales speed and my own profile. And um when I think about humor, I will often make use of TikTok trends um, because I know those are a good way to get extra reach as well. So. What I mean by that is on TikTok, there are sounds that will become trending. There's lots of people who do the same trend, but make it applied to their niche. or write a funny, different caption for it. Um, So by using those trends, I think about them, I find them, and I think, how could I make this a sales joke? Um, And then I make it that way. That said, I also sometimes create brand new content that's humorous from this ground up where I will film a full skit and not include a sound or anything like that, but just know because it's in a very kind of corporate bro-esque style. In the fact that he didn't do any trends, he just makes funny content that's relatable for salespeople. It's more like I want to make a joke and I don't have a trend that applies to this. So I might go ahead and make a video um, about how sales and marketing aren't ever aligned to the argue like a married couple sometimes. Um, so that there's that approach. And the, the easiest videos to make are the trend ones, because you can literally just pull out your phone and, and mouth a lyric, as long as you learn how to lip sync pretty well, and then write a caption on top, that's funny. That's pretty the easiest type of video to make. Um, and then the other stuff that's more edited that takes a little bit longer, but will often perform better because it's totally unique and kind of gives people the wow, wow, this is, this is really good. And this was really entertaining. On the flip side, the educational stuff there's kind of two approaches to that. You can either the simplest way to get started on TikTok would be just to pull out your phone and go, just start spouting knowledge in your camera, right? <laughs> totally. And go, yeah, hey, hey, hey up. yeah. Hey. <laughs> yeah, and this is this is what one of the people who really inspired me to get started, um, Leslie Vernatz. Uh, she has a a, a a TikTok account called Sales TikTok, Talk. And mm. she doesn't do any trends. She doesn't do any dances. She doesn't jump on any trends. She, every now and again, she might make something that's a bit more sales humor, but she just shares her thoughts on there. It's raw, authentic, and people love it. Um, so that's one way you can approach it, just pull out your phone and start speaking to it. Um, but then there are other ways that you can do and, and, and you get nuanced as well with that, because you can pull out, record lots of short clips, but then you edit down those clips so that they're really compact. Um, and, and that retains viewers better when there's no gaps between your words. That's what TikTok's like. It's like a weird, like you've got to get all the information out as soon as possible. The time to value has to be so quick, um, that you don't have time to go like, Hey, here are 10 ways you can improve your sales outreach. Don't even say that. Just start saying the first way you can improve your sales outreach and then just go <laughs> into the list and put the capture to at the top 10 ways to insert. Because you don't have, if you say, here are 10, 10 ways to improve your sales, people are just going to keep scrolling. So you've got to be like number one. Just say number one, your email subject lines, they're way too long. And then boom, you're into the video and you've got someone hooked because you've already given them the time to value. And your title, you can throw the top 10 ways to, to improve sales outreach. Um, so that's a big learning for me.
1: Format wise there's a lot, I've always noticed there's so much less fluff than on YouTube. So much less.
0: YouTube's like 11 minutes for a video and you learn two things. I know.
1: (laughs) And like I understand, like there's the different incentives obviously like on YouTube the longer you stay maybe the more ads are run and they earn more off of that and that's not the case on TikTok. And that's I I just want to circle back on some of the trend stuff. And just to clarify, obviously, this is all trending audio. It's very interesting to me that a lot of the trends aren't... I mean, I I suppose some of the trends, like the exact dances back in the day, were a visual trend. But a lot of the trends that I see are audio-based. Like, it's people using the same audio but for similar kinds of jokes in different situations or for different niches which is such a unique brand of humor. <laughs> I don't know, I, it's it's so different to me. So how, like almost, how do you stay on top of it? Are you just always on TikTok? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't tell my boss. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh,
0: well, yeah, I, I think it's, you've got to make to good content, you've got to consume good content and you've always got to be on that. So yeah, I probably spend too much time on TikTok when I'm not creating. Um, Because I'm always listening for, like there's a lot of trends I scroll past. I'm like, I can't make that work. That's like, I don't like that. And then I hear when I'm like, oh, this would work really well for that thing that happens when you send an email and the prospect opens if it doesn't reply. That'd be so funny if I make it and then I go and make the thing because I can't. um, Or I write it down and make it later. um. But yeah, you have to consume content to really understand it. Um, Otherwise the content you make is just going to be really out of touch. And it was (laughs) okay.
1: Totally. So, and on the other side, in terms of just like creating your own content and whether it's sales tips talk and you're just talking to the camera, I, I want your take on this because the sort of classic B2B marketing approach is Gary V's content pyramid, which is you have an anchor piece of content, a live show, a podcast interview, a, a big thing, and then you repurpose it. For all the different channels out there, you post a compressed clip on YouTube, you transcribe it for your blog, you post this Mm -hmm. thing on Snapchat, you do an image preview on Instagram, uh, literally all of the repurposing. And uh, uh, how do you think about that when it comes to TikTok? Like, is that even useful or should these, uh, or should B2B companies really stick with just the organic approach?
0: Yeah. This is. That's actually a really good point because that's what you see on pretty much everything You're right. You get a clip of a podcast. You get the best fifteen seconds. Imagine if this is the fifteen seconds for this episode. You get the best (laughs) fifteen seconds of the podcast. You stick it on LinkedIn. It'll get likes there and ideally generate more followers. You put it on YouTube. You can put it on LinkedIn as the full episode. Um, I have really struggled, and I'm part of a content team at SalesFeed, and we have long-form podcasts. I've really struggled to find a way to make that content work for TikTok, just due to the nature of the fact you've got to jump in its portrait, so that doesn't really align with anything else we make. Um, sorry, uh, it's poetry. So it doesn't really uh, align with anything else we make. And um, what I often, I'm always I have to review like half an hour podcast to try and find what 15 seconds of value. When in reality, what I actually found easier was, hey, podcast hosts, can you just say that in 15 seconds in a really quick, upbeat tone? And they go, oh, yeah, sure. And they give me the point that took them five minutes to say in 15 seconds. I then edit it down to portrait, hoping they have a good camera because if they don't. Resolution is going to be horrible. Um, Not that it really matters. Uh, (laughs) But but I've actually found that going the other way actually works better because TikTok is the new thing, right? So if I go create an impressive 15-second video on TikTok, and this is what kept me going at the start because it wasn't doing that well on TikTok like I mentioned, I create a really good video on TikTok. I can then repost that in the opposite direction. Instead of using long form content, and making sure I can get my short content, I post that to LinkedIn and people love it on LinkedIn because it's new and they're not the audience, they're not on TikTok. So they're like, oh, this short video was really funny. Uh, wow, this made me really laugh. And, th- and then you could put it on YouTube Shorts and Instagram Reels and, and um, other platforms that I'm forgetting. But, yeah, like, don't I worry. Using TikToks and putting them elsewhere is much better than trying to find content from elsewhere and putting it on TikTok. And TikTok's easy to make. It, they, like, the longest I've ever spent on a TikTok was probably like an hour because I had to go film 20 shots around my house. Um, but that means that I'm not investing tons of time in creating new content, but that content can go pretty much everywhere and people will, will enjoy it everywhere.
1: That's super interesting that it's almost like a new anchor for companies in creating content. Because, and I'll say this having seen, I think that was actually originally some of the content that I had seen was not your TikToks, but the TikToks reposted on LinkedIn. And I think maybe Nick had liked the post and I was like, this guy's awesome. And I think that's like a great example of rethinking the way that you're producing video content for a company, in that it is a unique platform. And the stuff that works there might work elsewhere, but it's inverse. It's not the, I I hate to be rude about this, but it's, it's not lazy, but the pyramid is sort of lazy where it's just, okay, we can at least just invest an hour here. And then we have our whole content strategy taken care of. And TikTok, it sounds like is asking us to invest a little extra and have some fun and stay on top of the trends because the platform and the culture on that platform is so unique.
0: Yeah. And, and people on these other platforms who haven't yet adopted TikTok, because there are people who, like, I'm, I'm going to post a poll later today, actually, or maybe tomorrow morning, I'm just going to ask people, hey, are you on TikTok? And then to put four options. Yes, I'm on TikTok. Um, I create on TikTok. Yes, I'm, I watch on TikTok. No, I'm not on TikTok. And then I'm never going to go on TikTok. And I guarantee you, I put that poll on LinkedIn, a bunch of people will click, I'll never go on TikTok. But they it's because they don't like new stuff, and it's scary to them. They still have the perception that we talk, spoke at the beginning that, oh, it's a bunch of kids doing dances. But then when I actually go and show them some of this content, often generations um, who aren't maybe Gen Z, millennial, mm. more beyond that, they see this content. They're like, this is incredible because it's brand new to them. And it's—and the, the quick time to value is applicable for everyone on the planet. That, that works for everyone, but just people who are more closed-minded about it. And that's mm-hmm. why you've got to bring this content to them and show it to them. And like I mentioned on LinkedIn, when I first started, it was performing. That's what kept me going because I was the only person who was posting TikToks on LinkedIn back then. Now you see them quite often, but yeah. um, it was still really new. And that's what was the hook and pretty, what put my career on this path that's on now. That's awesome.
1: So um, I think one thing that I hear, or one thing that... Um, maybe a common objection and maybe you've heard this as well is great we got a million views on our tiktok what does that mean and uh, obviously i have my own way of potentially addressing that or navigating that conversation but i kind of want your perspective on this in two ways one of which is the value of the audience that you've continued to create but also the sort of re- return on investment in a way of like actually driving people off platform because the sort of same principle applies even on LinkedIn. Like if you become a really popular LinkedIn creator, you're obviously generating a lot of demand that then takes them off LinkedIn platform to your website or to your offerings or otherwise. Does that also hold true in TikTok?
0: Yes. I had to think about it. Because I think it's not, just, <laughs> it's not a one-and-done deal. You don't just put a video out there and get a million views and you get uh, 10,000 people who show up at your website. I feel like it's right. the idea of community and consistently providing value or, or whatever it is you're trying to provide to people. Laughs, that's still value, I suppose. Laugh, education. And by the t- third time someone sees your your video, look, I really like these sales feed people. I'm going to follow them. Oh, I've gone to their profile. Look, they've got a link in their bio. Yeah. And, I, and I'll tell you, I did a... Um, Post on my personal profile, which really blew up. And it was just explaining, hey, tech sales is a pretty good way to make a lot of money um, when you have very few skills. <laughs> like hey. it's it's it, when you compare it to being a doctor, for example. Um, you can make a fair amount of money via commission and making sales, and loads of people like wanted to learn about this thing that I was telling them about, and they were like, Where's your course? I was like, I don't have a course. Yeah. So then like <laughs> I had to go and out I had to actually go and find a partner. Um, so I was I, I went outbound prospecting looking for uh, someone whose course I could promote in my bio basically because people were like, Where's his link? They yeah. almost expected it. And I was like, <laughs> I'm missing out on so many clicks right now because this things going just cracking it. it went viral twice as well, it double dipped. Luckily the second time i had already I'd found a partner. Uh, a company called Aspire provides like a, a, a learn how to do sales course. Um, so I could actually point them towards somewhere with it. But um, yeah, so I definitely think there are conversions. I have a link tree on both both platforms and uh, my personal profile has generated over 10,000 clicks. Um, sales speed's a little bit lagging behind. I think I need to think of more ways to convert that audience, uh, but it's still part of what I'm figuring out right now for sure. That's
1: incredibly interesting. Uh, both like the expectation of an audience that somebody who's providing advice Already has a course? Yeah, <laughs> that's like a really idiosyncratic thing. I would right? never expect.
0: I was even getting hate comments like, "This guy's just trying to sell you a course." I'm like, "I don't have a course. I wish I did." <laughs> I be I'd be rich right now because yeah. they're like, "How do I? How do? I, where's your course?" I'm like, "I don't have a course. I, of course." <laughs> if, I, if I had, a, I wish I'd made the course before I went on TikTok because then I could have feel like selling this thing for like five dollars a pop or something. Yeah. <laughs> but alas, that's not
1: the case. Um, that's also really interesting from a a link in bio as well. Because one thing that I see happens, well, in the Instagram algorithm is very different, but from not the real side, but from the photo side. Obviously, as you're interacting with the algorithm, it continues to serve up more and more of similar content in the universe or constellation of content on Instagram. But rarely do I, as a user, actually go to somebody's, profile Mm. and sort of scroll through, unless if it's like really good content or it's somebody I know from another platform. But it sounds like that's something that happens a lot on TikTok where a good video performs and like, oh, who is this guy? Just because the universe is so big and they want to find out more about you? That's interesting.
0: And I I think it it, it helps more when it's a niche. Like imagine if you were a, uh, 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 a model train collector and suddenly you get fed a, a model train TikTok and you're like, whoa, people are creating model train TikToks! I did not even know. So then you've got to go into the, the, the profile and be like, is this something they do lots? lot? Oh my God, there's more content here for me to absorb. The same way you're on YouTube, when you find one of the suggested videos, and then you click it and you're like, this is so I'm going to go wanna watch more of this. The same thing happens on TikTok. And um, it's really easy to get someone's profile as well, which is right there, uh, right above the um, comment button, um, the like mm. button, sorry. So you can click on it and see what else they create. And right there at the top, boom. If you have either a thousand followers on a personal profile, or if it's a company profile, you can have a link in your it. That's interesting.
1: Oh yeah, are there pros and cons to if you have a business account, making it an actual business account versus a personal account? Do you know of any trade-offs there?
0: I've I've heard that business accounts get less given less views because because um, they want you to invest in ads. Um, mm. That's a that's a a thing that you see talked about on TikTok because there's a lot of TikTok creators who talk about creating TikTok content. Um but I've seen the complete inverse because it's really about starting strong and having consistently good content. And Salespeed has done outperformed my channel in every way. It's gonna overtake me and followers any 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 week now and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm realize that I'm I'm i better at my job than I am at my hobby. Um yeah. but <laughs> um it, it 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 it's grown, and the first video, like I mentioned, it was a corporate account from day one, four hundred thousand views. It was, and the, the, yeah, there were. Uh, there's more I could say about that that type of content. Yeah. But, um, yeah.
1: What sort of c- uh, cadence or consistency uh, are, do you tend to post? One thing that I saw in my experience, just scrolling through, that it's not like YouTube. <laughs> first of all where old videos suddenly resurface in the algorithm or like get recommended to somebody. It, it seems, at least from my end, uh, that it's mostly fresh content, stuff within the last couple of days even, maybe a couple of weeks. So is this, uh, do companies have to just continue to post every single day to stay on top of the algorithm?
0: Yeah, this is something that you'll see talked about a lot on TikTok amongst that group of people talk about the creators who talk about creative. Um, in, in short, yes, the TikTok algorithm is hungry, and uh, it needs a feed in. Um, and it, you're <laughs> going to grow faster if you post at least once a day. And I say at least because you can, you know, if if you weren't, I don't think for niche creators, you need to post more than once a day. Uh, but if you were a teenager, who really wanted to blow up just making a lot of videos. But what I have seen is that people have heard the advice and they've traded off qual- quality for quantity. And I'm a firm believer that one quality video a week will, will cascade and provide more value to the audience than doing 5 for the sake of doing 5. Um, so I would, I would say, yes, you do need to keep feeding fresh content because it's not quite like YouTube. That said, I did mention earlier, I've had old videos randomly go viral again. Um, hmm. They've typically been ones that have already gone viral. Um, uh, but then they've had like a second wave, which is often be bigger. Um, but yeah, I would say daily is probably a good goal to aim for, but you've got to make sure that your, your, your content is good always. And this is the mistakes that I made with my personal account, which is good because I learned from it and played to the, the, to the corporate account. Um, don't, don't confuse people with, with crappy content, basically. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, and try to stick to your niche once you found it as well. Like I, I, what I did once was I made it, all my content was sales advice and sales humor, very specific to B2B sales. And then I made a video about how to get into tech sales. It went super viral. I got 6,000 followers from it, basically from this one video. Um, and all these followers followed me because they were, because they were expecting more tips on how to get into B2B sales and how to get into tech sales. But then I went back to posting B2B sales advice and humor. And all these people who were like, I'm not in. I, I, I thought I was going to learn how to get in. I, I'm not in this shit. I don't need this advice. What I did with that was actually confused it. So I got loads of views on those videos, but very little engagement because I had all these new followers who were expecting more tips and guidance on how to get your first tech sales job, uh, which isn't what I wanted to do with my game. Yeah,
1: that's interesting. So, oh, yeah. It, it, how do you think about uh, what are the benefits and trade offs of keeping your engagement on the platform to just the accounts that you're following. Cause obviously inside TikTok there's following and then there's for you and then keeping your engagement to for you. Cause I was talking with some other people and they talked about sort of narrowing their attention to just the accounts that they follow. So they don't get distracted, <laughs> which is interesting. And I, I, I just wanted your um,
0: take on that. Uh, I, I spend most of my time on the you page and I get shown, the people I, I follow anyway as part of that because we will mix in the people you follow more They'll weight that heavier you more like to see them um because this is so new to b2b i think it would be good if if there were people i was trying to really imitate i could follow them and see what was working for them um but think we do we have got some of the best performing b2b sales content out there so <laughs> Like, <laughs> obviously, I, I peek over and I'm like, okay, well, what, what's Leslie sales TikTok's making these days? I see, okay, that's really working. For or I look at um, I'm sure I think of someone else who does it really well. I, I might look at Chris Van Prague, who works at Vidyard. He does a lot of really good use of like using the trending sounds and, and making them into a sales niche. I look and say, okay, what's Chris doing? Because, you know, I don't want to use the same sounds or punchlines as Chris because we work for the same company and effectively, I don't want to copy him. Uh, mm. But that can often be a good inspiration. Um, and I often when I see that someone else's video is done well, I'll look at those hashtags and go back to that and see, Okay, well, but, so that means that probably is something I should look for as well. Um, but mostly I spend my time on the view page because I'm looking for new sounds and trends that are so new that because when they when they when these trends are on their up, that's when you want to get it. You don't want to get them at the very top because they're about to, people have already seen them 50 times. They're like, oh, I've got to listen to Bo Burnham's Inside again. I already, <laughs> I, I've already, i heard enough Bo Burnham Inside. I'm done now. You know, you want to get Bo Burnham Inside right after it launched on Netflix because then you've got videos they're going to shoot off. Um, mm. So so yeah, you've got to be on the lookout for those things. And I feel like I find them more in creators outside of my niche than ones inside my niche. That's a great insight. So to sort
1: of, Take a step back and think about broader application. Uh, obviously, the the company you work for and the content that you're creating is for a particular niche. Uh, how do you think about the broader application to lots of different B two B companies? And the B two B universe is massive. Yeah. So uh, it's not just SaaS. Obviously, there's manufacturing companies. There's SaaS providers to really complex enterprise like. Are, where the platform is now, is it still only for a particular kind of B2B company, do you think? Or do you believe that there could be potential if the right they get the right sort of content creator out on TikTok to make a splash?
0: Yeah. I honestly think TikTok, TikTok has over 1 billion users and now gets more daily visits than Google. I don't think you could look me in the eye and tell me that there is no one from a certain niche within those billion users. You just got to find creative ways to get to them. Um, If I was, let's say I wasn't a software company, let's say I was a um, recruitment agency that specializes in recruiting um, civil engineers. First thing I do, type in civil engineer find out what content's already existing that, use that. And i would probably be the first recruiting company to try and target civil engineers. So I'd still be new to it. So I'd be able to show them something new and give them a read to follow me. Um, So find out what civil engineering content there is. (laughs) And then just target and target and figure out what works, find super specific stuff that only a civil engineer would get. Only a civil engineer would enjoy that type of content. And then try and replicate those hashtags and that feel teach their audience or make them laugh for something that's relatable only to them. And you could grow for a company like that, that's so specific, if you had 2000 followers, that'd be huge for you, because you've got such a, the more niche you go, the more the followers are worth. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I I, I genuinely believe there is the opportunity for any company in B2B right now, to make it big on TikTok. And it might not be that you're going to connect with your your perfect ICP right now. Uh, but sometimes even then I think about like, okay, well, we've only really attracted SDRs and account executives. What are those people going to be in four or five years? Right. They're going to be sales managers, head of enablement, <laughs> sales operations, potentially even VPs of sales. And I think that's, a, it's also playing the longer game, knowing that sometimes you will get maybe a little bit younger audience, but it's not bad thing 'cause Cause in 10 years time, you're going to be wishing you had a couple of audience sooner. Um, so, I don't think it's a bad thing if, if you aren't getting your perfect uh, persona that you really want would cool on if you're a sales team, but you're getting close and that's getting that brand recognition. Um, same reason why you do it in any platform.
1: Yeah. And that, I always think, and I know it's not an exact one to one, but I always think about like, would you really not want to be starting out on Instagram in 2014? Right. Like, <laughs> I, I did. Like, would you really thing. not want to? That's like, my thing.
0: Like, John Barrows, probably the, one of the, the probably the biggest B two B sales influence there is. He she said the only reason I'm big is because I was on, I was like with the first seven years of LinkedIn. Of course, you want to be that person. Being early has so much power.
1: <laughs> and and what's interesting to what you brought up, which I think is a very different discipline. Than video content creation on other platforms, maybe reels excluded, is that you really have to make relatable personal content that speaks to someone in a really quick fashion, either through humor, through education, through a specific pain point or whatever. And that discipline doesn't necessarily have to exist out on YouTube. Like you can put a splashy cover image and a good title and make something useful, but it it, it it sounds like there's just a much more focused discipline in creating TikTok content for an audience because the algorithm empowers that sort of niche personalization.
0: Yes. Uh, ab- absolutely. And I think it's actually a skill being able to tell someone, give someone value in, in seven seconds. Like... That's kind of what you need to be doing. People's attention spans are just going down and down and down. We're always on our phones. You mentioned earlier the YouTube view, view, view videos are more about like viewer retention. This is about like just stopping someone from skipping you, mm-hmm. um, and that's the that's the big difference. Um, uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe I'll save it to the end. But there is one big sales uh, one big tip I would give to anyone who is going to grow on TikTok, uh, who is trying to go viral. Uh, okay. Because there's a- we, we, we did a bit of a post mortem on all of our videos recently. Um, both the ones that perform on Reels, YouTube Shorts, and on TikTok, all of them are under twelve seconds long. That's how much time you've really got. I was going to
1: literally just ask about timing of content.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I wish I'd have waited before I told you that. then, But I was just thinking, like that's probably the biggest learning for me out of all of this. Yeah. Seven seconds. 12 seconds, that's like, you ought to you gotta really get smart about how you're going to get someone hooked in, in 12 seconds to, get, to engage with.
1: Do you think, obviously, I think it was last year that TikTok allowed you to post up to three minutes. Is that right? Yeah. So is there any benefit to longer content on the platform? Because one thing, I, I mean, obviously, I think it's by default that TikTok's like 15 seconds, 60 seconds, or three minutes when you post yeah. something. Obviously, the shorter the better, based on your post mortem. But in uh, generally, is longer content valuable in its own way, or do you tend to avoid it?
0: From a consumer standpoint, sometimes I get hooked into a three minute video and I watch the whole thing of like a guy making a clay pot. I'm oh, like, oh. I'm like, this is incredible. Where they get a tool? Ow. How would he? What did, is that handmade? Like what is? And then he's like giving me like smooth over. He's giving the shine a I'll get hooked into those. So I think there is definitely. And we actually experimented yesterday and posted a two and a half minute video, of myself and Tyler Assad doing the, the the sales and marketing as a married couple skit, and it, it got seventeen thousand views. And obviously having seventeen thousand people, I'll have to go back and check the retention. But I imagine half of those probably watched the whole thing. Um, based on our typical retention, I would rather have some, you know, 8,500 people watch a three minute video than 100,000 people watch a two second video. So I think it has its place, but it's more once you build a following, it would be the my go to. Um, we did that as an experiment, and it worked, but I'm not going to be posting looking for opportunities to post three minute videos in the future, unless it warrants it. And I've done a couple of my own personal account, I did one that was my whole life story, basically. And that did well, but that's once again it was more for my followers than trying to reach people on their for you pages because I know that the the the, the algorithm is going to be pushing those twelve seconds, uh, and if it's going to be three minutes, you've got to hook someone, and then it's more like a YouTube play where you've got to really retain their interest by doing some fun with clay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've seen those videos. I love those videos. They're unreal, or the uh, chocolatiers. Who are yeah, creating well, crazy like, stuff out of chocolate. I will watch two guys. However you go, long those videos are,
0: <laughs> the guys who go and make the mud huts on YouTube. You know those oh, ones. Uh huh. Yep. That, that's exactly what it is. It's like, yeah. Oh, what are they do with that? What's the bamboo going to be? <laughs> yeah. You know, like there's got to be like a few unanswered questions to get mm-hmm. some retained. Like that's a different player. That's probably where my skills. So I need to probably focus more on how to make that work as well. Mm, totally.
1: So, uh, do you think? I have one last question after this. Do you think paid advertising on TikTok is useful? And, and if it is, one thing I've been impressed by, I'll just preface this, is the accounts that create paid content that looks like organic content.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it mm-hmm. just slides into the algorithm and i don't even really recognize that it's sponsored content so yeah. is there an opportunity there is it a wise investment i mean i uh, based on your experience or should just organic be the brunt of your efforts
0: i've never advertised on tiktok so i can't comment on okay. its effectiveness but i would say those videos that you talk about there will the ones that are like they are paid ads but they yeah. they, they don't they don't clearly ads when you come across them like it's got a little box down next to the name that says paid ad, paid advertisement. Like immediately, you're not looking there. You're looking at the screen. And like, I think it was like Tim Holland or some, some, some big brand. They got me. And I was watching it like, <laughs> and I looked down, and I'm like, this is an app. Like halfway through, I was like, hang on, this is trying to sell me something. But like, it had me, like really hooked me. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, what I was trying to do is I try and unleash some of the sales fee budget and come back to you for a uh, second episode on that one. Sounds good. another yeah. one on paid ads on TikTok. <laughs>
1: <laughs> get that budget. Let me know your results. I'd be really <laughs> interested to know just... Uh, I I spe- I mean, all platforms seem to eventually get monetized and they all have their own pros and cons in terms of targeting and reach and the kinds of content that you need to run. And obviously LinkedIn is a very interesting ecosystem when it comes to paid ads. So uh, TikTok, I'm sure, has its own quirks too. Um, but yeah, that's interesting that it, it seems almost native content that's technically an ad performs a lot better than just an ad. Like it's not Facebook, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. So, um, so let me ask you our, our final question, uh, which we've only begun running out, uh, recently. So you're one of our first few guests, um, to answer this, but if you only had an hour and every minute counts, what would you do in that power hour?
0: Well, um, is there an intended result? Is this for marketing?
1: Yeah, I mean, let's focus it on TikTok or for marketing in general. So if you only had an hour and, and every minute counts, what would you do with that power hour?
0: I would create a brand new account on TikTok because brand new accounts get a lot of favor with the algorithm because it still wants to pick you up. They give you a lot of views very early on. It is not unlikely that your first video will go viral and you've made the content short, good, and for a niche and use the right hashtags. I would probably make if I'd probably make a dozen TikToks in an hour. A var- a variety of variety TikToks, so I'd do some trending sounds, some speaking to camera, some skits, and then I'd immediately reuse those TikToks on LinkedIn, Reels, and YouTube, uh, because with my skill set, at least I know well, so- something there will get picked up big time, if not all of it will do well. Um, Obviously, you don't want to post 12 things on LinkedIn at once because they're going to be competing. You only want to post like one thing a day on LinkedIn. That's what it wants. Um, but like I'd create the 12 things and then I could post them over the next 12 days on LinkedIn, for example. But yeah, I would probably spend 12, 12, 12, um, spend the whole hour, just create 12 individual short, very punchy to the point TikToks. Um, and then I'd have a bunch of content that I could reuse over the next few days.
1: What a great answer. I love that. I'm going to challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah. We'll see if I can pull that off. Yep. Thank you. Um, Will, thank you so much for joining this episode. Uh, where can people find you?
0: Uh, so on LinkedIn, uh, I'm Will Aitken and I work for Salespeed. On TikTok, I'm at Will Aitken Sales. Um, and also, I manage the Salespeed account. So there's a lot of my face on there as well.
1: Awesome. Well, uh, those links will be in the show notes below. And Will, thank you so much for coming on this episode. It's been great deconstructing TikTok with
0: you today. It's been a pleasure. I hope that was helpful.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think it was awesome.
0: (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to
1: today's episode. We've got some great interviews coming up, breaking down content, running ads, and more on TikTok. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And see you next time.